Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. Today, we're going to be continuing on with Kindred, and we're going to be reading the chapter titled The Storm with Candace. Hi. Um. Yeah, so right away, we know there's a storm. Yes, a big one. Starting off, we find out that Kevin made it back to present day, um, but he had a fall on her to do so. And I, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I don't think he had to. I think because all he has to do is kind of touch her, right? Like, yes, in theory, mm-hmm. he just has to give one little one little paw mm-hmm. onto her body, and then he goes with her. But he chose to fling his entire weight on this woman's back that's just been shredded to bits. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess know, in a panic. Funny, yeah, in a panic, I might do that too. But I'm also not crushing uh, someone who is significantly smaller than me yeah who's also been brutally beaten so you know we all have our things i guess listen i mean i think that he was just desperate to not go home i mean to like not have to stay there just desperate to go home which like i can understand i mean he's not had it like she talks about how he has like scars and stuff on his face and he's a little different Mm -hmm. um like even when he gets to the the plantation like he's very different Um, yeah so i think that it's just weird to to consider like you've been somewhere for five years right like i think Mm -hmm. like i immediately put myself in 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 the other person's shoes like you've been away from your real life for five years and then you have an opportunity to go back to your life and this is somebody who like doesn't have kids doesn't have a relationship with his family Mm -hmm. doesn't really have like a job that he consistently goes to yeah so like that five-year time is like starting over for Mm -hmm. that person you know, because like they're not, it's not like they are, you know, um, like if my mom left for five minutes, but it was five years for her, mm-hmm. she would be dying to come home. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> she would be dying to come home. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not dying to come home. He's dying to see Dana again and he can do that in the past. So it's like, what does this mean for his future? Yeah. Especially too, because it's like, Dana is his only real connection to the world and he doesn't have they don't have a good relationship either right you know I mean they think it's good I I I mean I know she thinks it's good I don't know what he thinks that's true you know so it's like does he really have any reason like he very honestly could have just started his new life yeah he could have absolutely walked away another thing is we don't know if he's like cheated on Dana in those five years either. We also don't know if maybe he did walk away because obviously he couldn't stay put at uh, at the Waylands. Yeah. You know, I don't know that like he ever really goes in depth about what made him leave, wh- mm-hmm. like where he went, why he was there. Like, you know what I mean? Like other than like adventure, like which is, you know, I guess yeah. that's a that's a reasonable <laughs> qualifier for going you know on a on a journey or whatever Mm -hmm. for most people but when you are stuck in the past and the only person who can bring you home is at this farm is going to be landing at this farm like you'd Mm -hmm. think that he would go and be a school teacher in town or something you know right i was thinking too that like he i don't know man like further on when we get a lot more of rufus is being like you should just like leave your husband I mean, there's a part of me that wonders if he did something at the Wayland farm. Same. Hopefully Same. we find out next chapter. I'm dying to know. Same. Same. 
Is there a book two? Can there be? I wish. That'd be amazing. I mean, Marion Zimmer Bradley is dead and she comes out with new stuff all the time. So, so you know. <laughs> it would. I honestly would not mind if Nettie Okafor or N.K. Jameson decided to like pick up the butler mantle mm-hmm. and like write in her stead. I would not mind that at all. Me either. I yeah. can get behind it. Yeah. I think. I, I mean, I don't know. I Maybe I've read some N.K. Jameson. I can't think of what she's written right now, though. So I, I just, um, I actually bought my mom this for, uh, for her birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is called uh, The City We Became, I believe. Oh, I'm reading that right now. Yeah, that's why I know her name. Yeah. So I bought that for my mom for Christmas. I haven't had a chance, or sorry, for her birthday. I haven't had a chance mm-hmm. to read it myself, but I'm going to borrow it the second she's done, obviously. <laughs> I haven't finished it yet. It's hard to read Mm because it's hard to wrap my head around but Mm -hmm. like i think about it more as symbolic literature if that makes sense and Mm -hmm. i know a lot of people because i read it in a book club a lot of people didn't really like it because it's it's not literal so it's like these things happening events happen and they're like it's hard to imagine this actually happening but i'm like if you think about this entire book as a symbol for these events more so so. it is magical realism yeah so if you walk in like a student of like charles delint for example i don't know if Mm -hmm. you've ever read his stuff Mm -mm. um or uh gabriel garcia marquez both of them are big Mm -hmm. big into magical realism isabella allende also isabella allende also plays in that Mm -hmm. pool too she's also she was also into like the house of the spirits is all magical realism Uh um like water for chocolate laura esquivel that's Mm -hmm. also um uh, an example of genre. I, I I love magical realism because it allows you to kind of keep your foot firmly planted mm-hmm. in reality mm-hmm. while also kind of having half of you kind of go off and doing whatever. Right. So like yeah. the ocean at the end of the lane by Neil Gaiman, great mm-hmm. example of magical realism, um, especially because it's based on his own experience, like as a child mm-hmm. and like what his perception was at that time in his life. Um, so I think if you tried and reread it that way, like through that lens, you'll, get more out of it just from what the the you know the, the first round of research that i did mm-hmm. but um i feel like this book also kind of plays in magical realism because mm-hmm. again it's not quite sci-fi yeah. you know sci-fi and like like um i mean there's other examples of sci-fi time travel that's like not strictly sci-fi like the mm-hmm. movie about time right that's about time travel but it's a romantic comedy yeah um really great movie well done but um I think that that's that's one of those concentric circles that overlaps this book. It's like a little bit of horror, a little bit of a thriller, a little bit of a historical fiction, a little bit of magical realism, and a little bit of sci-fi all in one mm-hmm. 200 and something page package. <laughs> oh, another book I meant to tell you that you need to read is mm-hmm. A Song Below Water. I haven't read it yet, Ooh. but basically what my understanding of this book, because I listened to, she was a guest on a podcast I like, mm-hmm. and she was talking about how in her book, um, it's kind of like discussing, it's like YA, but it's discussing racism in a way of like using mythological creatures. Okay. So like all of the sirens are black women and like everybody is more okay with like other peoples and their like mythology. And then s- sirens are kind of outcasted and it's like discussing that. And then uh, she's like, was talking a lot about how people would tell her they're like you didn't do a lot of world building and she's like the world around you is the world building it's not my fault that you don't know about it and i was like okay i gotta read it so (laughs) 
that's one that I'm about to read, and I like the cover so much that I'm just going to recommend it already. Excellent. Yeah. All right, I'll let but you know if I get it. Do it. Because uh, the city we became, the hard part about it, it did a lot of, like, you know in Harry Potter where, like, the muggles have, like, a mist covering so they don't see exactly what's happening? Yes. That was kind of the hard part for a lot of us because we're like, what's actually affecting? Because it's a lot of this is affecting, but in a weird, different way that, like, is hard to picture. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of that scenario. So you have to, like, kind of think of, like, what it symbolizes more than what's actually happening, if that makes sense. It does. So, you know, we get sent back to the f- present day for mm-hmm. Dana, and she has to persuade our main man, Kevin, a.k.a. Dana's main man, because I still hate Kevin, <laughs> to go back to bed because Kevin is like I mean the other hard part too is like that they spent no time in this house yeah you know they were moved in for like two days or something mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're still moving boxes and like the only person that's actually spent time there is those eight days that Kevin was stuck in the past for five years yeah I will say though I like the contrast like when we first open on this chapter and mm-hmm. she's trying to coax him to like come to bed and like get some rest. Mm-hmm. It's definitely implied that she's also expecting him to do his husbandly duties uh, for her as, as you know, as she expects mm-hmm. as a wife. Um, and I, I like how hesitant, like I, he did earn some points mm-hmm. um, because he was like, Oh no, I can't like lay in bed with you. I'm going to hurt you. He's like trying to yeah. give her the whole bed because he's like, I don't want to hurt you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like do anything that's going to cause you harm or cause you pain in any kind of way. Like, I just want you to be okay. Like you need to sleep more than I do. And he, it's like the first time that he genuinely seems to put his needs and his desires above mm-hmm. hers. And she still has him come to bed. Cause she's like, no, take your, take your place in bed with me. Like I've missed you too. Right. Yeah. Um. So it's like the first time that he's actually like showing that kind of um, letting her take the lead. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like allowing her to be the person who dictates what's next for them as a couple and i think that that's a big point especially um contrasted with rufus and alice right like mm-hmm. we have a very similar situation in the previous chapter where alice is like beaten bloody and she's un- almost unrecognizable he still insists on sleeping in the bed with her he still insists on eventually having sex with her before she's even completely healed mentally you know what i'm saying so and that's not her husband yeah so like that was the one delineation i felt that was very strong that kind of carved out that difference because before, you know, you and I were even asking like, what's the difference between Rufus and Kevin? Like mm-hmm. they kind of both seem like entitled shits. But I think that like, this is the moment where we see that like, as, as disagreeable as I think Kevin is, and as I'm sure you think he is mm-hmm. like, there are worse alternatives, right. Yeah. To a guy who like, again, he trusts it. It's it's I think it's a matter of perception, right? Like to us, he's asking her to do his busy work and his clerical work, right? Mm-hmm. But to Dana, like when I think what he means when he talks to Dana about it, like he sees he sees it more as, oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm here with you and you know, I trust you mm-hmm. with my work. I trust you with my writing, right? Mm-hmm. Um whereas like there's no such silver lining for Rufus. Like yeah. not a one. For sure. He's just like, Rufus is like, um, I want something, so. I'm going to take it. Yep. Yeah. And then Kevin's like, Kevin's still doing the bare minimum, but like, at least he's doing that, I guess. Yes. So, um, we get flashed up to the next morning. Well, technically the middle of the night, 
where mm-hmm. Kevin's like, I don't feel like I'm home. He's turning on and off the stove co- counters. He's touching the TV, turning it on and off. Um, you yeah, know. he like can't figure out like what anything is or how to use it. Yeah, or where anything is. Like she catches him in the kitchen, like looking for forks. He's like, where the fuck is everything? Yeah. The thing that like chilled me though was when she said that like she could overhear him like looking for stuff and banging around the kitchen, mm-hmm. and that he sounded like Rufus and Tom because he has an accent now. Yeah, and it's like okay, so then the past has changed him at least in one noticeable way. Mm-hmm. I know, and it's like, how did he get an accent as a thirty-five-year-old man? I mean, in, in in five years, yeah, I imagine part of it is probably changing the way he spoke to fit in. Probably, like I like. I'm an extra person. I'm a ridiculous human being. Mm -hmm. And when I was 16 years old, I went to London for two weeks with my high school marching band. And I was told that (laughs) I was told that people get pickpocketed all the time there. Mm -hmm. And um, that people only genuinely like generally people that get pickpocketed are tourists, right? Mm -hmm. People that are obviously not from around here. So I watched like two months worth of british stuff like monty Mm -hmm. python mary poppins like every disney movie that has a slightly british sounding person in it like i did all the research that i possibly could um watched old episodes of like i don't know like anne of green gables and the worst witch like Mm -hmm. (laughs) all kinds of ridiculous things and then i got to england and i decided that like whenever i was out in public i was going to speak in an english accent to make sure that nobody thought that i was american (laughs) oh my goodness i picked up an accent in just two short weeks surely someone can pick up an accent in five long years that's i'm gonna give him a break for that because i i also was eccentric and extra in my life i have that problem where um because i am you know not great i accidentally mirror everyone uh so i have like that problem where i like i call my little chameleon personality but i guess it's technically called mirroring Mm -hmm. so like when people talk with an accent i unintentionally just copy that accent back to them yeah (laughs) i've done that with so many people who have like country accents yeah in restaurants when i'm serving them yep it's not cute like i can't stop it though and i know but it's probably does it give you better tips though they probably you feel know, really like a, camar- a sense of camaraderie with you. Yeah, no one's caught on. But I mm-hmm. think it's because it's like, they. I usually am like, well, I always start with, hi, how y'all doing? My name's whatever, whatever, blah, 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 blah. You know, I that's my like go-to server intro, you know? Mm-hmm. So the y'all already gets my foot in the door. <laughs> um, I don't know when I started saying y'all, but I can't stop it. So there's that. It's fine. I'm sure it, the worst part too is like I haven't had anybody on the podcast yet that's had it. Well, I had someone who had an Irish accent, but I haven't had anybody that I've copied their accent yet so far. So mm-hmm. we'll see how long that like track continues because it's okay. not going to be very long. <laughs> like I it, I get two British guests in the row, it's it's over. Like Yeah. I will yeah. be copying that accent and I Suddenly will not be able just, to help it. You're just early 2000s Madonna and that's it? Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. No shame in the game. 
if anyone wants to judge me, take it up with uh, my brain because I would also <laughs> like for it to not happen. Sometimes I'm not convinced the way I talk right now is what I would normally talk like if I didn't do that. But, you know, there's that. It just, it just means you're a beautiful puzzle made up, made up of several fine pieces. That's all. Yeah. The hard part, too, is uh, I had a British friend in middle school and I still call my mother mom. I don't There's nothing say, wrong with that. I don't say ma. Well, sometimes I say ma, <laughs> but I don't say mom. I have a hard time getting my mouth around it now. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. This might be why I had to put Siri as British. because She doesn't understand my... Understand. My Siri... My yeah. Siri is also British. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the English one didn't understand me. I couldn't figure out why. I was like, whatever. We'll figure that out later. <laughs> so it's just stayed British. That's a good choice. Yeah. Plus, it sounds fun when they like talk to me and tell me directions. I don't feel like I'm being I don't judged. like the male ones, though. I only like the lady ones. I don't know what mine is right now. Yeah, the guy's very forceful. I'm not into that. Hey, Siri. I have, a, I have a woman. I haven't talked to her in a long time. I didn't remember. <laughs> okay, we're good. <laughs> Anyways. So, uh, Kevin tells us that he was accused of helping slaves escape, which is why he grew out his beard and disguised himself. That's his mm-hmm. reason for being away from the Wayland farm, I guess. Yeah. But, here's my thing. Everyone on the Wayland farm that we know did not escape. So who was he helping escape? I think that he was helping slaves escape from everywhere that he was because he was in a variety of places. Okay. Like he went all around. Mm-hmm. That's at least how I understood it. Um, that it wasn't just on the Wayland farm. Okay. Wayland plantation. Cause it sounded like that's why he got kicked out of the Wayland plantation. And I was like, but all the Wayland sla- uh, like enslaved people are still there, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. why did he really get kicked out? Who did he help out? That's a good question. Right? Yep. So, um, Kevin? Oh, yep. Wait, I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. Page 193. Because I thought I remembered seeing something about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because she asked him, were you at the Waylands when you were helping people leave? Mm -hmm. Um, So he said that he was at a a school teaching. He got a job teaching. Mm -hmm. Um. And that's when he was, mm. when he was accused of helping slaves to escape. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't really remember. Um, but like, why was he? Why did he get a jump teaching? I don't know. Still sus. Sus about this whole thing. <laughs> uh, so Kevin goes into his office and just randomly punches his typewriter for no reason. Yeah. Which I'm like, why? Like those things are expensive. That one I actually understand. So the reason I think he punches his typewriter, because mm-hmm. Dana Dana says something about this, like, right after that. Um, so neither of them can write about their experiences in the past mm-hmm. when they come back to the present. They can write when they're in the past, mm-hmm. but they can't write when they're in the present. Because Dana had a similar experience, I think, the previous time that they that she came home. Mm-hmm. She sat down with, like, a pencil and paper. Because I think, I think Kevin brought her some. She was like, hey, bring me pe- pencil and paper. Mm-hmm. so she starts trying to write and she just like threw out all of her pages like over and over and over again like everything yeah. she wrote she had to toss so i think that's why i think he's in there trying to like write about how he feels and can't and that's why he smashes it in rage maybe he's a very he's he's a very he has a very different temperament than before before he was very like 
not happy-go-lucky because I don't know that happy is really a word that I would ever associate with this person. He seems right. so like so stoic, mm-hmm. um, and like not in a cool way. Um, but I think that uh, a lot has changed. Like you can tell that he's got fear in him. Mm-hmm. Like even the TV. Like when he turns the TV on, there's like a PSA about a pregnant woman. I remember that. Like that was very vivid for me. Mm-hmm. There's a PSA about you know pregnant women going to the doctor, getting you know routine checkups. And he freaks out and asks her to turn it off right away. Mm-hmm. And she's like, wait, what? Like, Dana's like, why would you need me to turn it off? Is everything okay? She does so. Mm-hmm. And um, he admits that, like, he watched a pregnant enslaved woman get beaten until she had her child. And then yeah. after. And the cruelty that he watched. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me that, like, this, this is the part where, as, like, a black woman, I can I – can, understand a lot more about where dana is coming from Mm -hmm. because like i thought about it like in my situation because my partner is also my my partner is white too so Mm -hmm. like i thought about it kind of from my own perspective like what what would it be like if i if i were the person who were going back in time Mm -hmm. and my partner jason were in kevin's shoes right Mm -hmm. because she says like oh maybe he got it worse and my first reaction was like how dare you you're getting your skin literally peeled off of you in strips Mm -hmm. Like, people are trying to manhandle you. They're trying to rape you. They're trying to use your body. Like, Mm -hmm. there's been harsh punishment for you before. Maybe not, like, super crazy harsh punishments. But, like, you know, I mean, obviously this chapter, there's a whole other thing that happens that we're getting to in a moment. But things have been bad for her before. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, how can you even compare that to what Kevin might experience as somebody with white skin, right, moving through the past? But I think when he talks about that moment, seeing that pregnant woman Mm -hmm. and she like looks at him and he like doesn't look the same. Like he looks away. He looks haggard and worn and sad and confused. And like it occurred to me that if you are a white person who feels like you are well-meaning, which obviously like he's married happily to him anyway. He's he seems happy. Mm -hmm. He's married to a black woman in 1976. Like that's huge. Like my stepdad was still like ostracized for dating black women in 1976. Mm -hmm. And even in 1989, when he married my mom, like that was a big deal. You know what I'm saying? And that's Mm -hmm. 1989. So like who, you know, I I can't imagine how ridiculous it must've been in 1976 for that kind of thing to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So like he's someone who cares about people of all races. Mm -hmm. He's someone who is, you know, not a racist. He's not somebody who ascribes to that, that you know that that racist school of thought mm-hmm. um and he has a black wife mm-hmm. and then he has to watch all of these people that could be her descendants that could be descendants of friends and family that she has could be you know the descent the 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 ancestors of people that he you know works with or that mm-hmm. he's you know whatever people that that matter you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and he's watching them be bullied and bruised and victimized and murdered and raped and harmed and mm-hmm. tortured you know what i mean and he's powerless to really stop it without yeah. ending his own life. And he has to stay alive for his wife. So it's just like five years of him going around being a man who doesn't ascribe to any sort of, you know, um, inequality between the races. Right. Mm-hmm. And he has to just kind of sit back and watch this take place. Like, I can't imagine how traumatic that must be. Like, at least when Dana goes back, like bad things happen to her and it's horrible, mm-hmm. but she's never really like. It's never unexpected. She might be surprised that she herself is going through it, but mm-hmm. she's not surprised to see like an overseer on a plantation. Mm-hmm. She's not surprised to see like people, you know, toiling in these fields until like their bodies break. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like 
none of this is surprising to her because she's black and she understands black history and she's Mm -hmm. educated about these things like he only has the frame of reference of a book like a Mm -hmm. lot of black people in this country still have like quilts that their great great grandma who was a slave made you know what i mean people think that it was like a long time ago when it was really kind of just like two and a half generations ago it actually wasn't that long ago there are people that are still alive whose like grandma was a slave like to this day so Mm -hmm. you know it's not as far back as we would like to think it is and Mm -hmm. even more so in 1976 so for dana it's like this sucks but i'm in the past and the past the past was a terrible and racist time right Mm -hmm. she can get her head around it this is somebody who's grown up maybe not even having that information not even having that part of american history Mm -hmm. to access right Mm -hmm. knows little to nothing about it other than maybe what his wife has taught him and now he's seeing that happen and he is powerless to stop it like Mm -hmm. i don't know how that wouldn't make somebody crazy yeah plus he has a savior complex to boot that's the worst part yeah he feels like he does something all the time and he literally cannot Mm -hmm. like i mean he he's probably a very different person he's probably extreme there's going to be a long road to his recovery in 1976 period like he is obviously a changed man how do you even go to therapy? Like, good question. After this, like, they honestly, they both need it, but you can't be like, hey, yeah, therapist. Um, yep. So I was sent back to the antebellum south. They're going to be like, loony bin right now. Yep. 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 Put him, put him away forever. Yeah. And like, she's trying to, like, what I, what I admire about Dana, and I think that this, this, the beginning of this chapter is like the most intimate I think we've ever really seen that couple, mm-hmm. right? Because usually it's him like failing to console her and doing yep. a really bad job trying to like be mindful and not being mindful at all and being mm-hmm. like a bull in a china shop. And instead, I think what we see here is like her finally just taking care of him and him allowing it. I you know? know, he doesn't seem to be like fighting her mm-hmm. on a lot of it. Um, and then when he finally has had enough, he's like, hey, I've had enough. I can't with you right now. Yeah. And that's a brutal moment. Yeah. I mean, I that's the hard part too is it's like for someone who is likes to be comforted by my significant other yeah i couldn't imagine being like in that moment you probably be like i just need to process my new reality for like a couple of minutes and then they're like your partner just gets taken back into the past you know yeah like right after all this stuff like he's still trying to process being home she's yeah. home for like matters of minutes yeah and you know it's like overnight right and then like she's gone yeah like also dana talks about how she set out pork chops two months ago to make dinner and they're still frozen because she wasn't back long enough right yeah and uh, another thing too is like we have no idea how long dana's gonna be gone either so like when she gets sent back in the past like she could be gone for minutes she could be gone for days it doesn't we don't know right yeah in her time i think like it seems like there's no and i think we talked about this a little bit last time too there's like no rhyme or reason to how long she's been in the past versus how long she's been away from the present Mm -hmm. so like like you said she's like oh two months ago in my time i took these pork chops out to thaw Mm -hmm. but it's been like a day (laughs) in my actual life or a couple of minutes in my actual life so you know when i when i think about that like she can't even neither of them really can even try to calculate Mm -hmm. you know what i mean how much time like when she vanishes and he's like oh no she's gone he doesn't know if it's going to be like five seconds 
yeah that she's back because it has been before it's been five seconds it's been an hour Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so um it's been 10 minutes so like there's it's completely erratic like two months doesn't equal like an hour she can't even figure it out on her end how long she's going to be gone there's no correlation yeah and i think too is like if i was in those shoes if i was kevin and i was stuck there five years without my partner like i'd probably just keep like a one of those like little hand journals on my person like Mm -hmm. as my comfort object even if you don't write in it very much like and also too because he's gonna need time to process his reality you shouldn't be like after traumatic events people don't normally go back to work right away right you know he needs some time yeah and like they needed time as a partner as like a partnership but i guess they're not getting that right now yep well he might she won't it's very scary like it's very scary like they they are robbed of some additional time and like mm-hmm. who knows what's going to happen when he's on his own yeah you know if this ends up being like a like a full day that she's gone right for the mm-hmm. first time ever she's gone for a full day or something mm-hmm. like how is that going to work i'm you a know? little worried he's gonna want to be left in the past next time me too that's my scary nervous bit me too i am equally concerned because i feel like this experience has helped him understand her Mm-hmm. better right like slavery and 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 discrimination and injustice and prejudice is not something that like i carry around as a black person every single day yeah knowingly right mm-hmm. it's not something i'm thinking about i don't go to the store and like put a can of beans in my shopping cart and and think about it like it's mm-hmm. not you know what i mean like i do like what i have to do for work today you know what i'm what am what am i recording this week like it's not like a you know a conscious thought mm-hmm. but it's definitely something that comes up Mm-hmm. you know what i mean there it's definitely something that you know there's a conversation like for example when i see somebody online that like i went to high school with mm-hmm. and they've done less with their life and worked about 30 percent you know uh to worked as hard as me by about 30 percent, right mm-hmm. like they haven't really tried to succeed and they don't have a career and they're kind of just like limping along in life mm-hmm. but they have a house and a backyard and a dog and you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then you see like, oh, that's generational wealth. Mm-hmm. So then I have to think, oh, generational wealth. That's right. Okay. You know what I mean? And that immediately yeah. brings up why you don't have it. Or like the other day, somebody asked me, um, they were like, oh, can you, um, I'm, 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 I'm doing a role playing game set in the past, right? Set in like the 1800s. And they were like, oh, can you find a picture of someone from the 1800s that you'd like, you know, as your avatar, a child, right? Mm-hmm. Late 1800s. And I was like, sure, no problem. And to me, that's like an interesting setting, whatever. Like, I'm cool with that. Like, I wasn't offended or anything by that. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's cool. But then, like, after five minutes of searching, I'm getting, like, only pictures of, like, pickaninnies and, you know, stereotypes of black children from that time. Because yeah. black people had to, like, pack up and move all the time. They didn't necessarily have, other than, like, again, quilts and blankets mm-hmm. and things like that that they could pass down. But for the most part, like, black families didn't have you know, the agency to kind of build on things and have like heirlooms and stuff mm-hmm. the way that, you know, other like, you know, white Anglo-Saxon people in this country have been able to, right? So then I have to like go back to this gaming group and be like, hey guys, so is it okay if I just like use a picture of myself, but like I doctor it to make it look old so that I don't have to have this conversation. And then someone's like, well, why don't you just find any old picture? It's so easy. Just Google it. So then I have to Google it and take a screenshot and show them how like there's only two pictures of children. Yeah. And, like, one of them is nice and it's not high res. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. because that person isn't and it's that this isn't a, a, a bad person or mm-hmm. a person that, you know, doesn't have my best interest at heart. They're they're a gem. They're a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't occur to them because that's not 
their family's experience. That's not their experience. So it, it doesn't occur to them that I might have a hard time finding what I'm looking for mm-hmm. because of the history of this country. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, I think that he's, I think that Kevin is on his way to kind of understanding where Dana is coming from. And I'm hoping that like, he will never ask her to do his clerical work ever again, because Literally. now I think he understands what that means when he asks, you know what I mean? What that really mm-hmm. means when he asks her to do that stuff. Like it's like, she's less important than him. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that this at least cured him of that, that terrible habit. I'm telling you right now, if I was in Dana's shoes, the second he said something, I'd be like, you know, it's funny that you asked that because Rufus also asked me that. Word. <laughs> Word. That's right? exactly what I would say. <laughs> like, I just, uh, yeah, yeah. I I really hope that this, and like honestly, he could use this to fight for a lot of change in 1976 too. Because obviously at that time, I don't exactly know what was happening, but I know that like, you know, there's a lot of rights that you know it's not an equal rights society at that point. Um, I don't, I don't know was. Can women vote at that point? No. Women voting. There you go. When did women yeah. get to vote? 80s? Uh, I feel like it was actually the early 1900s. Hold on a second. Let Oof. me double check on that information. When were suffragette? When did Mary Poppins come out? Okay, yeah. 1920. 1920? Yeah, so it was passed by Congress in 1919 and then ratified in 1920. It's the 19th Amendment. Okay. Um. So yeah, a long time. I should know that because they talk about it on Downton Abbey. I'm pretty sure that like I think I think Lady Sybil is like the American women. I think she talks about it. <laughs> so they already have the right to vote. Uh, I don't know. If there's things he could do. When did? I don't know. Okay. So black women and women were barred from voting from around 1870 to. The Civil Rights Act of 1965. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's things he could do. I don't know. Something he could do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in that time period, but something. That's that's what's so wild. Like, there's nothing that he could do. You see what I'm saying? And, like, yeah. a lot of people didn't even realize that it was an issue. Like, mm-hmm. 1965, right? Black women were finally able to just, like, vote anytime, anyplace, anywhere mm-hmm. that they wanted, right? No big deal. Because Jim Crow was established to make sure that black people would have a very hard time voting, which is a mm-hmm. lot of what we're seeing right now with all of these new voting acts and stuff and, you know, gerrymandering and everything like that, mm-hmm. right? To try to kind of skew things so that black people's voices are minimized right yeah. or people of color's voices are minimized by excluding those communities uh saying oh you can't vote on sundays even though people usually go after church you know things mm-hmm. like that that are very thinly veiled <laughs> racist uh line items so like when you when you kind of put things in perspective and you realize that like black women couldn't comfortably vote until the 1960s it's like okay well maybe we should start focusing on that yeah and remembering that and recognizing that it's within someone's lifetime that means some people's Mm -hmm. parents and grandparents were around when i didn't have the vote like yeah your grandma that you talked to during the holidays (laughs) you know what i mean could vote before i could have you know what Mm -hmm. i mean before anyone in my family could have like my mom was born in 1960 so that means when she was born black women weren't even slightly as equal as they should have been Mm -hmm. so you know what i mean like there's so much progress that we've made but it hasn't happened quickly. Yeah. And I feel like there's a there's a lot of pushback on recognizing that because people don't want to admit that they were part of the problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because they're still alive. 
like when the like we can talk about you know the old stuff until we're blue in the face but like the new stuff like jim crow and segregation and Mm -hmm. things like that like nobody wants to have that conversation because they were there and enabled it yeah yeah i was just trying to think of something that we could give for kevin to do so that he didn't want to go back in the past i was like maybe there's something he could fight for but i don't really i don't really know enough about 1976 to be like yeah he could have been doing this i mean he could definitely you know be in those streets doing protests and stuff right trying to Mm -hmm. be his best self right he could do all of that yeah um but i think that right now he needs to just like take a seat yeah. and Cope. think long and hard about his actions over yeah. the last five years that's what i think he needs to do yeah. is just kind of like come correct on this life he's made for himself you know mm-hmm. like especially like as dana starts to fade and he realizes that she's leaving like thank god he gets her her go bag in time mm-hmm. like that was a close call you know literally seconds before she disappears she has the bag in her hand i i honestly feel like it was too much for him too because he doesn't grab her yeah that's fair he does not touch her hand he just puts her he just puts it in her hands and then she goes like yeah he doesn't even try to go with her this time which i was like we're learning i know i was like good job Kevin. god it took that it was very hard to get you back so oh my god he's like never again please jesus take me as far away from here as possible especially because like at this point we can't can't count on rufus to get word to kevin so if he gets stuck in the past ever again, there is no guarantee that she'll be able to get him back to the present day. Can you imagine if they both went back to the past and somebody killed Dana? Then what? Right? I oh, I, don't, I don't even know. I don't. Let's even, not even imagine. I yeah. <laughs> Let's not even imagine that craziness. Like oh god, he'd just be stuck there. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine being sent back to you? For me, like even going as back as far as the 80s like just being sent back there and being like oh we're stuck here now good luck i'm not gonna lie to you i could make a killing in the 80s i would have been all right i would not be i'd be okay in the 80s i would very much not be okay i have all my mom's stories about all the cool stuff she used to do so i'm armed with knowledge in the 80s really in the 80s you just had to have like killer hair and i can do that my entire job was invented around the time the brewing of the internet like what would i do for work i guess well, i mean i am i imagine you'd be a server <laughs> oh no 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 i guess that would be your job oh i mean what's the equivalent to a social media manager right event planner i guess because <laughs> yeah. social media was like here's a flyer for a party do you want to go to this i know i guess i'd be like really have to try my hand at copywriting again i'd be like okay yeah maybe well, i mean it would be okay because you could drink and smoke in your office in the 80s so oh dude i would be You'd have a great time i'd be a raging alcoholic i'd be like you know in my time yeah. i could have googled this let me go down to the library real quick yep do you have dewey decimal system because there isn't even that awesome like easy oh. learn yeah that easy learn yeah thing that the, the the easy file that the library has now that didn't exist you still had those little card catalogs the little oh, paper no. i <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm not gonna survive i'm gonna be honest i you know I, it's never been so glaringly obvious to me that i'm a gen z until this very moment where mm-hmm. i realize i couldn't survive like i yeah i could i mean i just would hate figure it. it out it would take you a minute though. it would take me a i would be working with coworkers. 
And, you know, I'd be like, you know, in my day, I could have Googled this. And people would be like, what? What? (laughs) You have to go find Bill Gates and be like, listen. I was like, can you invent this a little earlier? Garage. (laughs) I just just step on it. (laughs) I don't like walk up to the garage and be like, give me early access, please. I beg you. (laughs) Here's $25. Yeah. Can I please be an early backer of this Kickstarter Google campaign? He's going to be like, none of that makes sense. Yeah, right. I'm like, have you... (laughs) Have you hired a GoFundMe? <laughs> I, I'm honestly, if I got sent back in the '80s, there'd be a large part of it would be like, "Okay, vampires, if you exist, I'm gonna need to know right now because I want to see 2021 again." So, um, <laughs> I gotta catch up. Yeah, please just you know stick it in there. Like I am ready to go. Uh, you know, just let me know. Hit me up at that point, because oh no, 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 no. Yeah, anxiety-inducing just to think about it. They're like, hi, yeah, I do a podcast, and they'd be like, "What's that?" <laughs> An audiobook, but different. Yeah. God, I'd have to find it. Like to listen to audiobooks, I'd have to have a tape machine. You sure would. I can't. I can't. Lucky for you, there are cassette players everywhere, especially the iconic yellow Walkman. Oh my god, that's what you need. It's got real skinny headphones. You'll know it when you see it. I yeah, I know what the Walkman looks like. Guardians (laughs) of the Galaxy got my back there. Yeah. Um. Oh, dude. You know how many like freaking Marvel comic books I would buy and never open? Oh, all of them. All of them. Every single one. Yep. I'd be raking it in. You get a first edition of The Killing Joke. I would have so Whatever many first want. editions. Whatever you want. Watchmen. All that stuff. Yeah. Dude, I'd be the most wealthy vampire in 2021. Okay? Yeah. I'd be like, hold on. All of this never open. I'd have, like, houses filled of just, like, those... Star Wars toys. Star Wars toys. <laughs> yep. Those freaking... What are those called? Beanie Babies? So many oh, of those. No, nobody cares about Beanie Babies. Don't waste your time. I have friends that are very poor now because they were not able to sell their Beanie Babies at a time when people cared. Yeah, but like, don't they sell them? Like, wasn't it really popular in like 2010? It was for a minute. It came back for like five seconds and then yeah. it disappeared again. In those five seconds, I'd make so much money. Nothing. It's ever coming back because they're so worthless. <laughs> worthless. Yeah. I would just have a lot of like fan memorabilia mm-hmm. and then people be like, why do you have like such a horrid stockpile? I'd be like, don't question me. Anyways. <laughs> don't worry about my business. Yeah. So she gets back in time. It's downpouring. She sees Rufus laying face down in a puddle. Which, I how do people get that drunk that they can't even turn their bodies over? Like, isn't that baby instinct, you know? So I've I've seen such things in my life. Uh-huh. I still do not comprehend them. I, um, I've never been that drunk, nor do I ever plan to be. Uh-huh. Because I'm afraid of throwing up on myself yeah. or someone else. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty dang drunk. Mm-hmm. now granted a lot of these people i think are drinking like moonshine and corn liquor yeah. and stuff and like everclear basically before it's everclear mm-hmm. so who knows how trashed he was <laughs> yeah my first instinct when i when i read that he was like face down in the mud i was like do not go to him i know i was like oh no i simply did not see <laughs> do not go to him see what happens yeah maybe if he <laughs> dies you'll get sent back to the future i mean you'll just look a little different when you get there right like know. oh no <laughs> I mean, honestly, as soon as, you know, later on when we find out that Hagger is born, 
I would never save him again. Yeah. Same. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, who's going to miss him? Yeah. So Rufus is annihilated. He, she got him sitting up. He throws up on himself as well as uh, Dana. Disgusting. Yeah. And then she's goes back and gets Nigel so that Nigel can carry him in. And he throws up all down Nigel's back. And I'm like, ew. Yeah. TMI, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's so many worse things that happen in this book. But this part, I'm just like, ew. Like, yeah. Rufus has no, like, I don't. How does he get in so many situations where he could die? Oh, because he's reckless. And yeah. because of the time period, too. Like, anybody could die from anything back then, man. Yeah. Like, all kinds of stuff. You could die from, like, a fractured ankle if, it, if like, there's, like, a bone that sticks out of your leg. Mm-hmm. If you, like, if you have a paper cut. If you have a, a cold that's too bad. Mm-hmm. If you get wet in the rain. Like, anything could kill you back then, man. It was, like, it was just hit or miss whether or not you stuck around like really and i feel like i feel like that kind of like cutthroat you know do or die kind of world Mm -hmm. very much heavily informed who we are as like an american country right as america Mm -hmm. like america is very like you know like i feel like for a long time when i was a kid it was something that i considered you know admirable Mm -hmm. but the older i get i'm like okay well this whole like you know strike out pull yourself up by your bootstraps dust yourself off try again like get out there you're american we can do it right like i still feel that way about my country because i feel like this country has been through so much and we've made a lot of advancements but sometimes i'm just like not everybody takes that advice (laughs) especially the rich people (laughs) who are in charge of running this country sometimes they need bailouts which we discussed i think last time oh yeah how people are spending all kinds of money in places that they don't need to right so I feel like that's that that spirit, that vibe of, you know, you can do whatever you want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that like white white male energy, uh, white cis male energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like this is where it's born, right? Yeah. You've got people that will do whatever you tell them to do out of fear mm-hmm. and out of concern for their the well-being of themselves and their family, right? And like even for even for Nigel, like I read that a couple of times because I was so horrified. Like throwing up to me is like the worst thing that could probably happen to you. Yeah, yeah. Other than like a bug being on you of some kind. Ugh. Um, like I'd rather get pooped on by a bird than throw up. A hundred percent. Like yeah, especially like when it's not yours. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, get out of here, right? So, um, I read it like two or three times and I was just like, it's down his back. It's on his clothes, Ugh. probably on his feet. This yeah. is terrible. Like I got really, it really hung me up. And then I was like, oh, he doesn't care because like, there's so much worse. Mm-hmm. Like literally there are worse things for him. Yeah. So this doesn't matter. Like this is a man who probably sleeps, who used to sleep, you know, on the bare floor of an attic. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like what, what is gross to him? It's probably so different than what's gross to us. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even imagine. And like, I'm not a wealthy person. I'm like a middle to, I come from an upper middle class family, mm-hmm. maybe to maybe slightly wealthy now. Mm-hmm. But like, I come from an upper middle class family. I myself am like middle class, to upper middle class, right? I, I work a white collar job. I sit at a desk, you know, that kind of thing. But like, there, there are 
there are, you know, things that I deal with and that you deal with, right, mm-hmm. as a younger person who's, like, starting your life and, like, you know, breaking out into your career and everything, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's things that we put up with that we have to deal with because yeah. we don't have the money to have someone else do it for us, right? And it seems like a small luxury. Mm-hmm. But then when you compare it to, like, this scene with Nigel where he's just walking around with throw up all over him and he, like, drops this dude off in his bed and, like, doesn't immediately try to change, like, I mean... Somebody threw up on me once. My brother threw up on me. Um, I think it was like Christmas time, mm-hmm. and I, I had never been like in my underwear around my dad because I was like, I'm I'm ten years old. I'm too old for this, right? Mm-hmm. I stripped all of my clothes off in the middle of the living room on Christmas morning. Did not care who saw me. Mm-hmm. Like I think I'd probably have the same reaction if somebody threw up on me in public. I would just like be without whatever article of clothing mm-hmm. that they threw up on. I don't, I wouldn't even care. Like I would just be like someone barfed on me. I can't have this on me. And this man is just hanging out, like waiting to find out if he's okay with the barf on him still. And I'm just like, see, so this is, this is what we call first world problems, Candace, yeah. where you take your shirt off because somebody is thrown up on you. That's like yeah. I had the someone, tiniest of issue. I had someone hock a on my jacket. Like, ah. Yeah. And it was one of those like really nasally ones too. No. I contemplated throwing the jacket away. Yeah. Yeah. I, understand that. I took it off. And then well, I, I mean, it's ruined, right? Right. <laughs> I was like, and I, it, cause it was like at a third period too. And I was like, I want to have to carry this around all day. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I mean. Like, it's just, it puts so much in perspective. Mm-hmm. Like this book has this book, this book gives so much perspective. You know, I mean, even frontier frontiers people, right? Mm-hmm. I know that, like, you know, people that were pioneers, like, they had really hard lives, you know, especially because they were basically test subjects. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, pioneers were sent to go do the job nobody else wanted to do. Like, go out to California and see if there's food. And if there's not, oh, well, guess you're not coming back. Like, that was literally how they would treat pioneers, you know? Yeah. Like, you're poor. You can't stay here. So go find somewhere else to be, I guess. You mm-hmm. know, hopefully it's not hard living. You got a rock and a shovel and some twigs. Matches aren't invented yet. Hope you find some flint. Like, crazy, right? Just, like, be out on your own. Uh, minimal supplies. Mm-hmm. Like, even that. Like, that's not slavery at all. Like, you still have free, you know, freedom of, of choice and free will over your body and govern mm-hmm. self-governance and all that stuff. Like, obviously, it's nowhere near, you know, what slavery was. But that's a step up from slavery, and I still couldn't imagine that. I'm still thinking like, about I'm a it too. Big baby. It's like I, I'm thinking about it too. Is like I'm also a woman. So mm-hmm. like if I was sent back in time, they would expect me to be one escorted around. Yeah. And I don't have any family, and I wouldn't let Daniel come back with me because, of course not. You know, obviously. Um, yeah. Like that's what do what do eh. you're you're just supposed to be quiet? I think if you're a white woman in this time period mm-hmm. and you are not rich and the lady of an estate yeah um even if you are the lady of an estate margaret whalen is the lady of that estate and she's still told to shut the fuck up so you know what i mean she's still hit Mm -hmm. she still gets hit she still gets probably sexually assaulted like women have been sexually assaulted by their husbands for centuries you know what i mean until it was like outlawed and even in some states i feel like it's probably still like a very soft law Mm -hmm. like spousal abuse um because back then like women were also kind of property right Mm -hmm. they were a kind of property they weren't property the way that maybe a slave was but they certainly were expected to do whatever their husband required of them right Mm -hmm. so like 
for you, I imagine it would be like that. Like someone would be like, why isn't she married? And then like send you around to people's houses to find somebody who wanted to marry you. Even though they were not related to you at all, yeah. you had to be married or something was wrong with you and they would just kind of take you yeah. and do what they wanted. I kind of wish they marry you to somebody. I wish I could get Octavia Butler to also write that book. Yeah. You know, because I would be interested. I wouldn't trust anybody else with her with this except for her. But like, w- what would that even look like? You know? Yeah. It's like, even if you went a little bit closer to like 1800s, if you sent someone back to 1800s, you know, you just kind of get dropped in there. And would you have to have like a second husband in the 1800s? Because obviously, like, they're not just going to let you do your own thing. I feel like the answer is yes, especially because like Outlander is kind of a version mm-hmm. of these events that's less harsh yeah. and more romancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is what happens to her. I think she has, I think Claire has a husband mm-hmm. in 1920 or whatever year she's in, right? Mm-hmm. And then she also has like a love interest from the time period she flashes back to. I did um, want to do that too on Patreon if you're interested. Do the, We could do the movies or the book. What, Outlander? Yeah. Like the TV show, I guess. I wanted to just do like a I can season. do season one of that. Yeah, we do like yeah. a season one talk about it in comparison. I saw the first two episodes and I, if I'm doing it for a reason, which is what this is, I will absolutely stick with it. But mm-hmm. just like, as like a casual viewer, mm-hmm. I was just like, this yeah. is white people stuff. No offense. The, it just doesn't like, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't get me. And I know I have Scottish and Irish people in my family, so like technically it does have something to do with me. It's fine. But... There's a the number of times that Daniel and I go and say, This seems real white people shit. Yeah. Well, it's a little too often. Yeah. <laughs> Hoping that starts to change. It's it's looking like it's changing. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. If you want some exclusive access to episodes and, you know, exclusive monthly episodes, early access to every episode that comes out, please consider joining the Patreon. You can join for as low as $1 and everything's donation-based, so you all get the same benefit no matter what tier you join at. But yeah, so next month uh, our a our Patreon episode is going to be the uh, Kindred graphic novel. Uh, So that'll be out on the first Friday of April. I'm pretty excited about that. And I will be joined again by Candace. So yeah, please uh, consider joining so you can listen to that. And this month's was Pride and Premeditation, which was very good and a whole lot of fun. So if you haven't read that yet, please read it. If you liked Pride and Prejudice, you're going to really like this one. It is one of my favorite retellings so far. So Um, I'm very hyped for Sense and Second Degree Murder to come out, and yeah, I cannot wait to read it. If you want to find me, I'm at Barely Bookish on literally everything, Um, and Candice is at Candice the Magnificent, so please uh, follow them. They are great, and yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Our theme song was by Raphael Crux, our logo was designed by My Little Sibling Sarah, and I'll catch you guys next week. Bye!